The Coin Week podcast is brought to you by PCGS. To learn more about the PCGS World War I Centennial Silver Dollar and Two Coin Set special labels, visit PCGS.com. This week on the Coin Week podcast, we go back to 1975 and 1976 to take an in-depth look at the half-dollar and dollar coins struck to celebrate the nation's bicentennial. Hey everybody, Coin Week editor Charles Morgan here. You know, it's hard to believe that it's already three weeks into January and I'm only now publishing the first episode of the Coin Week podcast for the new year. It's not for a lack of trying. We actually had a great interview with Mike Markowitz and David Vagie from NGC Asians planned as our inaugural podcast, but the ambient noise at the New York International Numismatic Convention was just too much for me to take and I didn't think you would like it. I'm going to take that interview, which was filled with in-depth, interesting questions, and we're going to transcribe it for you and post it as an article on Coin Week. Really would hate to waste Mike's effort. And also, before I go in-depth into the half-dollar and dollar coins of the Bicentennial, I wanted to tell you a little bit about a lot I saw at Legend Rare Coin Auctions Regency 25 lot viewing. The lot number is 174. Now, I'm not getting paid to tell you about this coin, so this is not a commercial. But the coin was a 1976D clad bicentennial quarter graded MS68 by PCGS. Uh, the estimate on the coin was between $3,800 and $4,000, according to legend, which is crazy money for a coin that saw mintages in the billions. However, having looked at thousands of bicentennial quarters over my career as a collector, many in circulation, but also many in mint sets and, and, and in uh, certified holders, I don't think I've ever seen one quite as beautiful as this. Usually, bicentennial quarters get scratches on the forehead, the jaw lines. There's always something to them that is instantly recognizable and grade limiting. This coin was essentially perfect as far as I could tell. It was just flawless, almost glass-like surfaces. Not proof-like, but just, you know, it had that look, that, that non-granular, smooth, watery look to it. It's a beautiful coin. Uh, right now I'm looking at the uh, auction page and it looks like the bid is up to $2,700 and there's still about a week to go. I'm not suggesting that this is an investment coin for, for any collector who's not really willing to put serious money into a coin collection for modern coins, but it's something you should look at. If you uh, see a coin like this ever in a mint set, uh, pull it aside and get it graded and then get it into the market. There's certainly an appetite for these ultra high-end coins, and they don't all come this way. To read more about Bicentennial Coins or to watch our in-depth informative video, check out our YouTube channel. More than 175,000 coin collectors have watched that video. It's one of our most popular. The Bicentennial Silver 3-Coin Uncirculated set was struck starting in February 1975 and continuing through to June 22, 1976. Q. David Bowers writes in his A Guidebook of Modern United States Dollar Coins, 
that federal law required the U.S. Mint to be finished with silver bicentennial coin production by July 4th of that year. As the production window closed, the Mint, expecting a huge demand, made the decision to dramatically increase the number of sets made by running the coins through at high speed. They probably shouldn't have bothered. It is estimated that of the 11 million sets produced, only 4,908,319 sets were sold. Demand for the issue, which had an initial offer price of $9 retail and $7 in bulk, dried up soon after the bicentennial celebrations came to a close. But that didn't stop the Mint from offering this overproduced set in its annual catalog until the end of 1986. At the $9 offer price, when adjusted for inflation in today's dollars, the Bicentennial Silver 3-Coin Uncirculated set had an issue price of $38.41. The current melt value of the three coins in the set, which include a 40% Silver Eisenhower dollar, 40% Silver Kennedy half dollar, and a 40% silver Washington quarter is $9.51. When the sets were initially offered to collectors in 75 and 76, however, the spot price of the included coins was roughly $2.76. Again, adjusted for inflation in today's dollars, that's $11.78. Of the total units distributed, an unknown but appreciable number of them have been melted over the years. The great silver bubble of 1979 and 1980 marked the first major melt of the issue. But the impulse to cull these low-value coin sets continues even to the present. Because of these undocumented losses, it's impossible to really know how many intact sets remain. But based on current demand, there are more than enough to go around. Judging by a quick survey of prices paid and realized on eBay for the sets over the past month, it seems that collectors are willing to pay between $12 and $18 for the sets with the typical price falling somewhere in the $13 to $14 range. Increasingly, this price is down more than 30% since the last time we studied the average price realized for the set in 2015. There are two types of collector demand for modern coins. Demand for raw coins, which are, you know, coins as issued, and demand for certified coins, or coins graded by a third-party service like NGC or PCGS. For raw coins, Grade on uncirculated coins in original mint packaging are even broken up and put in individual aftermarket coin flips or 2x2s is of little consequence. Collectors typically prefer coins with good eye appeal, but will generally accept a complete set and its original packaging is sufficient for their needs. To this type of collecting, a bicentennial silver 3-coin uncirculated set has a value of whatever the prevailing market price is for a complete set. In other words, it's $13 or $14 based on today's market. For collectors who prefer certified coins, the value of the sets is much more nuanced because the goals of this collector are markedly different. Certified coin collectors seek to commoditize quality. This has its upsides and its downsides. For scarce material, grade becomes important because coins can be more easily categorized and ranked in specialist censuses. When there are eight or ten known examples of an issue in Mint State, for instance, it is important for dealers, the market, and collectors to create order. That way, when the finest or second finest known example of a coin that is rare in Mint State comes to market, it can be appropriately cataloged, advertised, and considered. The ability to create order is never rock solid. Grade is always a compromise and is imperfect by nature due to many factors. It's imperfect because experts often disagree. 
it's imperfect because the market has a built-in incentive to obfuscate in order to achieve better outcomes for sellers. And it's imperfect also because the services have no way of knowing what happens to the coins they grade after they return them to the submitter. In other words, a third-party grading company's population census is about as clunky as a county voter roll. You don't know who died, which coins were cracked out, and you don't know who moved, which coins were crossed over or upgraded. So it goes without saying that even in discrete populations, over-reliance on population census data may result in bad analysis and poor purchasing decisions. For larger populations, additional consideration is required but seldom brought to bear. Has grading been consistent throughout the entire population? Have grading standards evolved over time? Is there sufficient market to sustain tiered pricing premiums for all grades throughout the spectrum? How many collectors exist or can potentially exist in the market when it comes to the highest priced grades? How many additional high-grade pieces can be made before the current pricing level recedes? And how many collectors exist or potentially exist in the next grade down? And so on and so forth. For as hard as it is to maintain some semblance of market stability when it comes to rare coins, it's even harder to maintain stability when it comes to conditionally rare coins and issues that are not rare at all. Such is the case with modern certified coins and coins taken from sets such as the Bicentennial Silver Uncirculated coin set. These are especially ripe for what we call market exploitation. Due to the low price of the sets, dealers, or even collectors, can acquire sets in large volumes, cherry pick for quality, and add significantly to the population census. With minimum grading, where the service agrees not to grade or charge for coins that fall below a certain designated grade, the census reports skew towards the high quality coins which in essence increases the terminal grade, which is the lowest grade that a certified coin can have and still be profitable to the submitter. And this diminishes the value of all the coins above and below. The terminal grade for each of the coins in the silver three-coin bicentennial set is the same, MS67. In 2015, the PCTS top population for the coins in the set were 462 pieces in MS68 of the 1976S Eisenhower dollar, one MS69 1976 Kennedy half dollar, and two MS69 1976 Washington quarters. Today, PCGS top populations stand at 875 MS68 an 89% increase, no change at the top for the Kennedy half dollar, and three MS69 Washington quarters. A 50% increase, but that's almost meaningless since it refers to just one additional coin. When we compiled our initial data in 2015, we did not include NGC populations, so we cannot show growth. But today the service population census indicates 97 MS68 dollars, 24 MS68 half dollars, and 1 MS69 quarter. When Q. David Bowers was writing modern United States dollar coins, I told him that the 1976S Eisenhower dollar is a coin that will generally grade out an MS67 when struck with care, an MS65 or MS66 when it is not. The slower, more careful run of coins is easily discerned by the look of the coin and the presence of a white stripe on the original package. Collectors looking for raw examples should avoid any set that does not have this white stripe as it indicates that the coins are struck using the high-speed process. A 1976S Eisenhower dollar in MS68 is uncommon, but it's also a tricky grade. I consider it a grade within a grade. 
with both high-end and low-end examples. Some low-end specimens are undoubtedly overgraded MS67 coins, but others are likely technically correct with mediocre characteristics. A great 1976S, of which we've seen only a few, will have plus-plus luster, a firm strike from a die in an early die state, and minimal abrasions. The sparing use of design details on the obverse and reverse of these coins offer little in the way of abrasion protection. I once owned a 1976S Eisenhower dollar that I thought would grade MS69, but after repeated tries it was not meant to be. No coin at either service has broken out of the MS68 grade or earned an MS68+. A serious specialist will pay more for a premium MS68 than any price guide you've seen has indicated. The market has shown a willingness to pay between $300 and $350 for certain CAC certified examples, while your run-of-the-mill sight unseen MS68 tends to bring between $200 and $250 against a PCGS CoinFax price guide price of $325. A few years ago, a sight unseen MS68 would likely trade for about $450. The 1976S dollar that I felt should be an MS69 holder I eventually traded to a serious collector for about $1,500 worth of coins, including a CAC-certified MS68 1976S, which I then put in my own collection. The 1976S Eisenhower dollar and MS67 is more typical for the date. Here, the average market price hovers around $30 to $40. Factor in the submission fee, shipping fee, acquisition and transactional costs of the coin, and certified Eisenhower dollars are still only marginally profitable at MS67. However, a seller would likely receive between 50 and 70 bucks for the same coin two years ago. The top pop MS69 Kennedy half dollar was made several years ago by Eisenhower dollar researcher and I group member Brian Vale. Amazingly, Brian found the coin in a set while looking for high-end Ike dollars and let it sit on his desk for more than a year before remembering to submit it. When it came back, MS69, he was stunned. For many years, PCGS CoinFax has listed the coin as having a value of $7,500. Vale sold it years ago to a collector for $6,000, and I have no way of knowing what came of the coin after that transaction, or whether the $7,500 value is even accurate in today's market. For the rest of us, the highest collectible grade is MS68. In MS68, PCGS shows a population of 453 pieces. Weirdly, NGC's population for this issue is substantially lower in 68, with a paltry population of about 24 pieces the last time I looked. Chalk that up to not a dramatically different grading standard, but to submit our behavior. PCGS has certified over 6,976 Kennedy half dollars, while NGC is lagged behind with under 2,000. Two years ago, the typical price for a MS68 Kennedy half dollar was around 140 bucks. Recent pricing trends show a ridiculously wide variance of prices being paid for the coin, with some willing to pay buy-it-now prices as high as $100 or $150, but with auction prices realized falling in the range of $70 to $80. We've seen similar price variance in the American Silver Eagle market, where knowledge-agnostic buyers seem willing to pay exorbitant prices for coins that simultaneously sell for much, much less, on the same day even, on the same sales platform. MS67 coins sell for between $15 and $25, making the coin virtually unprofitable for the submitter. A couple years ago, this was a $50 coin. 
For variety hunters, there's the double die obverse variety of the issue, FS101. It carries a significant premium in certified grades and is worth a look. Check out the latest edition of the Cherry Picker's Guide for die diagnostic details. For the 1976S quarter dollar, PCGS CoinFax shows two public auctions in MS69. Both occurred in 2007. At the time, the PCGS MS69 population stood at two pieces. Three pieces are reported today, with a PCGS price guide value of $7,500. Are they worth $7,500 today? Maybe, but would they be $7,500 coins with a population of five? I think that's doubtful. The Eisenhower Dollar Series, the $1,000 coin threshold, typically fell once certified populations approached 50 or 60 pieces. At the current rate, we may be unlikely to see the MS69 population approach the 50 coin mark, but a population of 5 or 10 pieces is certainly not out of the question. Let's talk really quickly about what I call the condition-driven modern market life cycle. It starts with conditional rarity. Imagine $3 signs. Here you have high prices realized at auction, the motivation to make coins in this grade to realize huge markups by submitters, especially since raw material is inexpensive. Now we go down to $2 signs for conditional scarcity. Here, additional material enters the marketplace, making once conditionally rare coins now conditionally scarce. Prices decline to allow a wider range of collectors to participate. Submissions continue as this is still profitable and raw material is still cheap. And finally, you get to conditionally common. Here we have a down arrow for the market as material floods the marketplace. Published prices decline, while actual prices fall lower. Coin is now not worth submitting. Pervasive perception of commonness. Having said this, it's still difficult to find a 1976-esque quarter in the wild, in the raw, in a condition that would earn the MS-68 grade. Two years ago, MS-68 1976-esque Washington quarters brought between $80 and $90. Today, one can be bought for about $50 or $60. Bucks. MS-68 is the terminal point for the issue, as the market price of the 1976S quarter in MS-67 is between $12 and $18. This is below the cost to buy the coin and submit it for grading. In 2015, the terminal point was MS-66. Generally speaking, the silver-clad Washington quarter has a better look and strike than its clad counterpart. Again, better coins come in the white stripe envelopes and have a satin finish. Fast-struck coins are bag-marked and unattractive. Spectacular toners for the issue have turned up over the years, some natural and some seemingly natural, and others quite obviously doctored. Approach this area of collecting at your own risk. Collect or invest, raw or certified. Modern coin sets like these are riddled with problems and possibilities. The problem with modern issues is that the market does not behave like it does for rare coins. Modern coins have a definite ceiling in terms of price performance and the volume of coins in this segment, even high-grade certified coins, means that this material recycles often. Miss out on that 1976S MS68 half dollar at the latest auction? Well, don't worry, you can bid an auction for one that ends later tonight or tomorrow. Because of this, collectors of certified examples of this issue need to ask themselves whether premium quality examples are worth the investment. The possibilities lie in the fact that there is a constant influx of new collectors vying for these affordable coins. Modern coin collectors show a constant willingness to spend up to $100 or $120 for new silver coin releases, and between $300 and $600 for one-tenth or one-quarter ounce gold coins. A 
concerted effort in catering to these collectors by converting them to other areas of the hobby while staying within these price points seems like an obvious marketing strategy. We've often suggested that our colleagues show classic materials side by side with modern fare in these price points. But the problem we're told is volume. If it remains easier for mints to press new coins than it is for dealers to market old ones, the new coins will overtake the market. It seems like common sense to us. And in these price points, if you look around, it's obviously what's happening. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. And remember, you can download all 80-plus episodes of the Coin Week podcast for free from the iTunes store. For Coin Week, I'm editor Charles Morgan. Until next time, happy collecting.